Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today we have uh, with us Jona Appelbaum, who is a uh, digital transformation expert and currently uh, works at HashiCorp as a uh, console expert. Is that correct, Jona? That's absolutely correct. Hi, Ero. Uh, nice. Good, good to be on the show. Hey, welcome. So uh, can you quickly tell us a little bit about uh, who Jona is? So, uh, so uh, as a thank you uh, for introducing me. So, I'm uh, my name is Yona Jona, Yona Yona. The people pronounce it like ten different ways. The right pronunciation is Yona, just to be clear, yeah. right? Okay, um, it's a Belgian podcast, so we say Yona. We don't say Jona. Okay, Yona. I, I accept all because I've heard in Spain they actually say Jona even. So <laughs> it's it. <laughs> so it's even worse. Uh, so yeah, I um, I've been in IT. I was pretty much born in IT. Um, as as uh, as Errol here on the on the line, but he he you, you took another path than me. Um, so I was I've been in IT for a very long time. Um, I'm originally from Belgium. Um, I moved to Spain around ten years ago, um, but been in IT. So right now I work for HashiCorp, um, working on on helping customers to go to digital transformation. We'll discuss that in a second. Uh, before that, I was working for SUSE, which is an open source vendor, like you guys know. Um, and uh, and before that, I was at Citrix. And so I've been following IT and, and uh, I've been in IT for a very, very long time. And I actually started working at 15 years old at the help desk, so never left IT. At 15, you started working at help desk. Okay, that's... I think you have several uh, decades of professional experience under your belt then. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. But today, um, what you do today, do you think it has parallels with working a help desk? Well, it's 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 interesting you ask that. So yes and no, um, because I, I, when I was working at help desk, I was working as a service provider. Well, it was Planet Internet back in the days. You may remember. Um, so, well, and, and I started before that even at, at, at EUNet and others. Um, actually, I started at EUNet, that's online, and then I went to Planet Internet afterwards. Um, so, so, and I've been, that's the telco space, the service provider space. And if you take a look at my career path, um, I've always worked for and with service providers. Um, so, just to let you know what is a service provider, it's basically a, a company like Telenet, like Belgacom, like they offer services to customers. Proximus, right? yeah. Yeah, Proximus, Belgacom, same thing. Sorry, yeah. I, 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 haven't, <laughs> I haven't lived in, yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't lived in Belgium for a while now, you know, like same thing, right? But you know what I'm saying. I, it's we, I, we know, yeah. Yeah. So basically, basically mm -hmm. companies that offer services to third parties. So, and I have this, and I've always helped them design services for their customers. So you ask how it's related. Well, I've always been in the space, more or less. Um, helping service providers um, offer services to their customers. Um, my current role is the first time in my whole career where I actually deviate from that a little bit, right? Well, actually quite a lot. Oh, um, uh, what do you mean by that? Because uh, up until at SUSE, which is my previous role, right? My role has been, um, well, at Citrix before that, SUSE before that, for the last 10, 15 years, 
um, I work designing services, whether it's on the development side, on the infrastructure side, on whatever side I was on. It was always for uh, uh, services and products that service providers could use to deliver service to their customers. Um, so at Citrix, I would design architectures. Can, can I briefly stop? Yeah. That? So when you say designing services, do I then have to envision something like a, a an architecture role or a yes. product role or is yes, it a mix architect? Like it's been yeah, absolutely. I, I've um, for the last ten years, I've been on the architecture side, um, and I'll explain what that means in a second. Before that, I was more on the system engineering side, kind of like maintaining the system. And before that, I was actually developing for service providers, so 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 control panels and things like that. Um, so what does an architect do? Um, for for for, for non-technical people, I always explain that as a as a building, right? I design I design the house, and then the workers come and build the house, right? So I make sure to design uh, to architect the service, right? So I I I I show the companies and and, and telcos and so forth how everything fits together, right? Um, kind of as a concept as a conceptual design, um, and we sometimes deploy things as as proof of concept. But then you give it out to the consultants who are, or the or the company themselves. Right, and they go start and build what you have designed together with them. Right, so I'm uh, when I say design, that means I architect the solutions. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, you've been in this, <clears throat> operating in this domain for a long time. So maybe the next question might be different for different periods in your life. But um, when you say, I, I, you know, I'm designing services for service providers. Is it that they come to you and say, hey, Yona, you know, we have this and that solution. Uh, can you help us draw that out? Or they come to you and say, hey, we have this or that problem. What could be the solution? Or do you just go to them and say, hey, look at what I have for you? Um, Two of them. All, oh. all, 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 all above, really. You've pretty much summed it up, right? Um, so they, so I've always, if for the last, if for the last as a ten years, worked for vendors. So whether it's Citrix or, or now at Hashico, which can be considered a vendor, right? So at Citrix was more around um, network appliances and virtual desktops. So there's two ways. So obviously, I was on technical side. So from with the sales motion, what you do, you go to a customer and you ask them, hey. How do you deal with your um, desktop infrastructure, virtual desktop infrastructure? And they, and they, you try to discover their issues. Maybe they say they don't realize they got certain issues, but you, you need sometimes your job is to make them realize there is an issue, right? Um, or maybe they like, for example, um, at Citrix, one of the one of the strong points was, hey, we make virtual desktop easy and very performant. Again, I'm not gonna sell Citrix to you here, mm -hmm. but basically. Um, but <laughs> um, but but that being said, it's 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 obviously you're on the sales side. But what you need to make them understand is what would it mean without Citrix, right? They say, oh yeah, that's true. I got ten people doing that. Well, I could have these ten people do other things um, and do things more effectively. And they realize they can they can do things better, right? Um, and then there's the other side. They say, oh, I want virtual desktops. Oh, there is this company Citrix. They're gonna come to you and say, hey, can you tell us how to design a service around desktops? And then there is another one. Sometimes, because it's service providers, it comes from customer demand, right? So it's their customer asking them for a solution. And so let's say their customers ask them, hey, we need desktop. Can you provide us a desktop service? Well, let's, I'll, I'll have a look. And then this is where they come to me. Look, I got a customer asking me for a desktop. Can you help us? So you say there's different angles where you can take this to. Yeah. 
um, so what I do here is that um, part of your role is actually educating uh, the yeah. customer in the possibilities of the solutions. I think also um, the way you describe yourselves, also solution architect is one of your uh, titles or descriptions. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And also I have to add to that. It's, it's sometimes it's have the, because so when you want to have a relationship with a customer, um, it's, it's also make that follow market trends. Um, so technical trends like, Hey, you know, you, you know, if you take a look at the market trends, so then we'll talk about the, 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 what it means for, for, for to migrate workloads to cloud and digital transformation, and everything, but sometimes it's helping them making them understand where they need to go to next. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so, so they're not, they don't get stuck in the now. Right. Um, and this is also part of my role. Oh, okay. Well, um, <clears throat> before, before I follow up on that, so, um, I imagine the sales team taking you along as the the technical encyclopedia. Okay, you fulfill your job there, and then it's like off to the drawing board, and then you you draw things. Is it, am I correct up until now? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, sales it's, or I um. So so to be honest, I I'm I don't always go along with sales because most salespeople today. Um, a sale in in especially in, in this in this era in technical right needs to be slightly technical right um, mm. because you need the reason being is I did a lot of research in my previous role around what are what are customers asking for right um, and years ago cloud was something new so customer was not were not that knowledgeable about what's out there right um, mm -hmm. today uh, when customer looking for a solution. Um, they know exactly what they're looking for. They, 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 most of them are really, they, they understand cloud. They know, oh, there is Amazon, there is Google, there is Microsoft, there is, they know the concept, maybe not in details, but they know the concepts, right? A lot of them. So the salesperson, the people, the, the, the person actually goes and contacts their, their um, um, they contact them initially. Um, sometimes it's me, but usually it's the salesperson, needs to have some knowledge of, of the technology, right? So when I get involved, um, it's usually um, above that level, right? Um, and again, very often, I'm, sometimes I am part of the basic sales, but very often I get involved a bit later on. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, do you think this change in um, the basic educational level of, of the customer, let's put it that way. So yeah. uh, back 15 years ago, they wouldn't know what the cloud was. You'd have to sell it to them. Now everybody wants cloud. They know what is around there, and this has an impact on, on the on the sales folks. Obviously, did it also have an impact on your job in that uh, the the customer is now more dictating what they want, and you have to fight maybe bad decisions from their side, or has actually helped you in your job? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I don't. It's not necessarily bad decisions, but you you raise a good point there. It's. Some, because there is a lot of noise around different things, right? Um, and it's making them understand like what is the best path to go forward. Maybe they read an article that, that says one thing, but it's it's my 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 job is I'm not going to push any decisions on any customers, right? I'm just going to make them understand what it what their decision means and what their overall strategy would be. Um, so very often. Even though I work for a vendor, like it was before Suzu, before um, now at HashiCorp, I will come into a customer and sometimes we will not mention any product until maybe the end of the conversation, right? 
Um, why? Because I'm, I first need to make them understand what they're getting into, right? Um, and then, like, for example, oh, you need an automation for that. Yeah, but what, what does that mean? So I need to make them understand what that path is going to look like. And then I'm going to say, hey, this is how our solutions can help you get there, right? So first, I need to understand what path they need to follow um, if they don't already have one, but make sure we are on the same line, right? And then I'm going to say, and, and then I'm going to help them get there. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, Med, this reminds me of one of the biggest things in software, biggest problems in software development is trying to understand what the customer actually wants. Um, and, you know, coming to that shared vision, like them communicating their vision to, to the, you know, the people that are going to develop the software versus the other people, you know, understanding and shaping uh, what's going to go there. Um, so again, one of the recurrent topic that we say always in the show is communication seems to be uh, the key thing in IT, probably also outside, like, but, but we work in this domain. Uh, so this phase of, of your job, I see as the communication part and the understanding part. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it could have also two. Um, the, I think there's two aspects, uh, and depending on how that um, contact with the customer is is done initially, if the customer is coming with with more knowledge and the customer is coming to you, that means uh, they're more looking into um, expertise, expertise for, for expertise or for um, professional or. Um, um, uh, yeah, expertise, uh, expert advice. You mean like a confirmation of maybe what they were thinking? Exactly. Like yeah, or simply like an execution of that. Uh, and then if it's if it's the other way, if you are reaching to the customer, in which case, for example, the customer may not be fully educated, that mm. becomes then a, a matter of um, a salesperson. Like you have to show them value. You have yeah. to show them like, well, you have ten people doing this. I'm gonna additionally place you in a in a in a in a, uh, in a space where. You only need two, and you'll be you would have less less errors, or you'd have more accurate or more uh, prompt uh, information. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. It's it's see make them see the value for you try to 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 position to them, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. It's 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 actively exploring their um, um, their shortcomings or their errors or whatever, and try to position one of your solutions. Um, in, 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 into their uh, workflow, right? Um, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Hey, so, um, I'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Question, yeah so uh, like maybe if it's too early, like, so So we're talking about digital transformation, right? I think I think probably to me, right, if I just hear these two words together, uh, what I see is like, yeah, someone is, uh, I don't know, doing something with the pen and paper, and you say, hey, you could just use Excel for that. Is that what digital transformation is, or? No, no. Well, it has many aspects. It can be, right? Okay. okay. Um, it can be uh, absolutely. It can be many things. But if to understand where we are today, we need to take a little, a little bit in history. So, um, years ago, many years ago, we had physical servers, big mainframes, big physical server, uh, call it on premise, right? Um, and then we realized that these things were not very scalable because when I needed to scale, I need to order an extra physical server, put it on my email data center, connecting switches, networking, etc. It was it was quite heavy, right? And then we and, and then the hypervisors came along, right? Whether it's VMware, Hyper-V, KVM, Zen, etc. They 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 went to the next level. Say, okay, now let's take a physical server, make sure we can divide that into some some compartments, and, and make sure that we can that we can scale a bit better. But still, 
again, again, still that causes a problem because then say at some point you get to the, 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 the a few problems. At some point you get to the limitation of physical service. You still have to add one, right? Um, then again, how do you uh, organize networking in between different virtual machines in a secure way, right? Um, you still had to manage all these firewalls and all these things, right? And there was another issue up on the application level. We just spoke the infrastructure level. On the application level, um, there's a concept of a monolithic application, right? Mm -hmm. um, you may know the, the concept. So that means I have a big application that does a lot of things, right? Um, what it also means, if I need to change a feature, um, as soon as I push the feature to, to production, I, I need to cross fingers it didn't break any other feature, right? Um, again, I hope as development process, you got test-driven development behind it, etc., um, uh, which we won't cover, but usually changing a feature from big application is something super complex, right? Um, because it, it can be complex if it's a big app. Um, and so this is where the next step in the evolution, again, uh, moving forward, this is where they start to containerize applications, right? Um, so now, um, um, so, so we would divide one big application in a lot of little components, right? Call them containers, okay? Um, and then from that microservices. So to give you an example, for example, let's take, um, let's take Amazon, for example, right? Um, so you got maybe one service is the um, um, the basket, right? The other one is the is the is the product list. Um, the other one is maybe I, I'm just saying things, right? They 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 all different component in your application, um, and by completely separate them, you can start defining features, uh, the, uh, releasing features very specifically for your part of the of of for you little little piece for your little microservice or your little container right um so that was the next evolution we went from virtual hyper uh, uh, virtual machines to containers we and i haven't even talked about multi-cloud yet that that's the next level of complexity right um but we, by solving one problem right we introduced other problems with containers right um because now we have all these different microservices that need to talk to each other so how do you coordinate all these teams? How do you coordinate all this networking? How do you coordinate what a container needs to be placed somewhere, right? Um, so how do I how do I decide on which on which host or which server I need to place a container to make sure that server is not overly busy? Um, so we the saw management of the the management of these individual bits became a a challenge in itself, like a problem in itself. Is, yeah, and this is what Kubernetes does, this kind of a um, orchestration tool. But I don't want to go into specific tools here, but this is... Um, and again, we keep adding, we saw one complexity. Again, we it was a very much needed change because um, today companies are in a lot of stress to bring in new features very quickly. Um, and by containerizing products, you can add new features very quickly because you're not so dependent on all other teams, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and again... Um, and then uh, again, there are different, and, and then on the edge, let's go to the edge, like my mobile device or whatever. How do I get everything connected to each other? Oh, I mean, the edge can also be a sensor, but it can be many things, right? How do I connect all these things together, right? Um, and then, if, and next level, so, and I'm talking digital transformation here because next level now, uh, we, 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 we can talk on premise, but then I can go to Amazon, AWS, I can go to Azure, I can go to Google Cloud, GCP, right? Um, I can go to Oracle Cloud, I can go to Alibaba Cloud, I can go to many clouds, mm -hmm. right? How do I now decide where to go? Um, and again, maybe even when I chose a cloud, 
um, ch I've chosen a cloud. Um, at some point, I will need to go to multiple clouds. Why? Because I may go under acquisitions or maybe a customer is, because sometimes company get acquired and a company that gets acquired is maybe choosing another cloud that the one that already chosen, right? Sometimes it's um, legal requirements as well. Some legal country, requirements. You know, the data may not leave the country, things like that. So again, I'm trying to tell you that now you understand your transformation is not easy, right? Um, it's, you got multiple, um, multiple um, 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 runtimes, like what is mm -hmm. containers, etc. multiple clouds, multiple, um, and then on-premise and cloud, like hybrid deployments. Um, and this is, this kind of is what I do is, is, is helping customers understand what that means. And actually, and this is also my current role with console solves that networking piece is how do I connect all these virtual machine containers, services, devices? How do I, how do I make sure that the networking layer gets way easier to, to manage? Right. Okay. Um, That's a lot of information. I'm going to ask some questions. You want Yeah, sure. I hope that makes I, sense. No, <laughs> no, it made, uh, all of it made sense. Um, thank you for the, the, the brief overview of, you know, like, uh, how, uh, computing moved like, uh, to the cloud. Um, uh, just a question, like when we say digital transformation, do you see this entire history as the digital transformation that is ongoing or at a certain point we're talking about digital transformation and what does that entail? Well, it can, again, it can mean many things. It can mean as, 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 as we called, as said earlier, it, it, it can mean um med sorry um said earlier it came in hey i got my excel here and i'm going to move them i move that to a online let's say an online tool that i have so that can also be digital transformation or that can mean hey i got that complex crm application that runs on premise and i'm going to move it to salesforce for example that's that is also digital transformation right um, again, all that can mean I'm going to move my on-premise big monolithic application. I'm going to start evolving it to a modern application in containers at microservices and all these things. So, all of, so um, digital transformation has many aspects. Okay, it's 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 a bit it's a word that 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 kind of collects a lot of a lot of complexity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like software engineer. It could be uh, like a, a ton of things, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Digital yeah. transformation. Yeah, please go ahead, Matt. Yeah, it's 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 like saying to somebody, "I'm in IT," right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it can mean many things. Well, yeah. it, so the the this whole the history that you mentioned here, um, so that went through, yeah, it's a, uh, it was a long history. Um, do we see, for example, what are the next steps, or are we? Is it simply? evolving or we're discovering where we're going to end up next because i think for example we had we had visions for example of the cloud a long time ago but they were just at the wrong time and people who made comments about those back then they uh, you know they were laughed at at first right because um, yeah. it was not yeah. uh, you know they came before their time right but but aside from that do we see for example is there do we see like how things look like for the next 10, 20 years, or, or are there things that, that shape, yeah. So, so I, I obviously not, don't, I don't, I obviously don't have a crystal ball. So what I'm going to give you is more of an opinion, right? Um, so, so 
so, so again, to, to go back to what you just said, it's funny because I remember standing at an event years ago with Citrix and somebody came to me and literally said, um, I want the cloud. Can you help me? Um, <laughs> so it, it just, when you just said it made me laugh because it's true. Like it was a buzzword, right? Um, can, can you get me to the clouds, right? Yeah. I mean, this is going to be an easy sale. Um, like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, so I remember there's something I always say there's some re- like, I think it was 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember, there was research that happened and they asked customers, oh, um, are you ready to move to the cloud? Do you want to move to the cloud, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're ready. Up. And then I think they did the same research years later. I think that number half or even less, right? Um, in Percentually, right? Because people then realized the complexity of moving to the cloud, right? So they, it's not that they were not ready. It was just moved further down the line or maybe not maybe not completely, but a part of the company. So it that, that, that conceptually, that people realize that we can't move everything to cloud. It it, it needs to be. Did they? Did people to... get smarter, or they just saw like some people burn themselves terribly during their uh, you know unplanned uh, move to the cloud? Or I think yeah, yeah, that's a good point because if you you don't you do go to the cloud blindly right or the cloud i'm, I'm just saying the cloud is mm-hmm. something it's, it's so generalistic but if you if you go on that transformation movement uh, blindly um you you have potentially can burn yourself yes right um and you ask me what's next um yeah that that's that's something difficult to answer i think um a, a lot of a lot of compute a lot of decisions is going to be made on the edge, right? So edge and IoT is the next big thing, I think, right? Because a lot of a lot of decisions is going to make by the devices themselves, right? Um, and, and things like that. So a lot around us is connected, and, and, and a connected world, I think, um, is where we're going towards too, um, and, and, and how to orchestrate all of that. And from an application level perspective, um, I think Kubernetes is, is what is today, which is a container orchestration. And I think there are other tools out there, of course. Um, we'll need to get simpler, right? Because um, again, Kubernetes can be complex, right? It's actually super complex to some level, right? Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm not here to speak about specific products, but, but HashiCorp has certain products that heavily simplifies some of these um, orchestrations between multiple clouds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the next level is to just, we need to start simplifying all of that, like a, um, container orchestration. And again, the reason I say that is because now people, while people are moving and that movement is going to take a very long time, we're going to live in a hybrid world, uh, I think for quite a long time, um, still. So like we 10, need to 20 find... years or, or I, I, five I years? Know. No, no, five years now. I think legacy applications are going to be here for, mm-hmm. for, for. Yeah. So I, there's going to be this transitioning phase. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And still people, um, and there's still going to be a lot of on premise because there's governance, right? There is data allocation, GDPR. And, and in the US, they got their, um, I forgot the name of it, the something act. The equivalent. Right? Yeah. The equivalent. So there's still got this. I think hybrid is going to be there for a very long time. Again, now in Europe, there's certain initiatives to have European governance, governed clouds. Um, like there is an initiative called Gaia X, for example, um, that is a European initiative around data sovereignty, right? Um, again, it's it's maybe we're going to move to 100% cloud. I don't believe it on the short term, 
um, make people, I don't think so. So I think the answer is I think we're going to be in hybrid cloud for a very, very long time. Um, and we need to find a way to, for the end, for the user to be completely transparent. For me, as an end user, as a customer, I don't care where my application runs as long as I got access, as long as I can do business. So I think what we need to take care of is that companies should be able to offload their IT completely, right? They need to be able to do business and that's it, right? Or at least we need to be able to um, make their IT as easy as possible. Um, and this is also a bit what HashiCorp does, right? Um, um, we have a set of, we have a stack of tools um, that fits in a workflow, right? Um, everything is a workflow, everything is code, right? Infrastructure is code, networking is code, um, um, everything is code because it's easy to maintain, right? So we make sure that we plug in very well into a, a customer's infrastructure. So, because the problem is, and Matt and, 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 and Errol, you know this, an IT person, an engineer needs to know many tools, right? And mm -hmm. it's impossible to know them all. And if you can code a process, if you can code a process, let's say, let, let's give an example. We got something called Terraform, right? And what is Terraform? It's going to help you deploy instances on AWS or Google or even VMware, right? But imagine that the only thing that I need to change is the connection to AWS and the connection to Azure. Mm -hmm. The rest is all the same, right? It's like an abstraction or what is it, like a runtime or an abstraction? It's, or... it's an abstraction. It's an abstraction. Um, and again, I think the next step is to find a way to generalize everything to make the operation, the operating model as as abstract as possible, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that people can concentrate on doing what they do best and that that their business. And I think this is also what HashiCorp that and we call that the um, cloud operating model um, is every layer of the cake, let's say, um, needs to be operated um, at an abstraction level where we can abstract the the, the top layer from the from everything that is connected to it, right? Um, okay. So, okay, yeah. you're saying you just said I don't have a crystal ball, but I sort of do think you have an idea of where you see things moving from what I'm listening to you. Huh? Um, I'm going to give you an example. Um, so for our listeners who don't know, you and, uh, and I, you know, we met maybe two decades ago on IRC. <laughs> IRC, the Internet Relay Chat Protocol, you know, back when you had like those black and white screens uh, and talking and things like that. So imagine for us as kids growing up in those years, um, the invention of Facebook. And a lot of people started using the internet, in my opinion, when Facebook came along, because Facebook allowed them to do what? Share pictures, talk to people, <laughs> discover new you know, places, get interesting. And we were, I think, a generation that was looking at this going, but you can already do that. It already exists. But what we didn't realize what the the Facebook became sort of like an interface almost like it abstracted away a lot of the complexities behind you know like file sharing or communicating reaching people connecting to people and it democratized uh, the the social <coughs> aspect of you know of the internet and uh, I think what you envision with um, abstracting away the complex the technical complexities of cloud computing sort of leans toward what Facebook did to IRC. I, call, you know, you can call it out if you, if you mm -hmm. don't agree. No, I, I actually like the way you put it. It's, it's all about um, exp user experience, right? Well, all about, it's partially about user experiences. I mean, if I, if I need to tell a nowadays Facebook user, they need to go on IRC. Um, they, they, well, we, you know, we had all these, these commands to do things and, and 
maybe a, a, a colonel or something, a smiley would appear, or whatever, that we got the ASCII, ASCII charts, etc. Um, and I think we, the, the, the social aspect of, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a picture and I, I, I don't care how it gets distributed as long as I, I, I access as many people as possible. And I think Facebook just made that super easy. Um, and again, um, I'm, I, you may have seen I, I hardly post things on Facebook because I, I, I don't feel the need to share my private life to the rest of the world, right? Um, so some people, I mean, until we spoke, you, don't even, you didn't even know I had two kids, right? Uh, because yeah. I don't share I don't share these type of things on Facebook. My private life is my private life. Um, but then again, we yeah, I think it's it's we made just we made it just more accessible. I think that's what changed. We made it way more accessible to general public. By so from when I when I listen to 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 your description of what's currently going on, I feel that we can maybe expect the same things on the well when we talk yeah. about end user here. Obviously, that end user is not my uncle, you know. But it's going to be uh, IT people uh, who don't have to worry about the complexity of maintaining um, an application distributed over multiple clouds. You could even say, you know, I want to run it as cheap as possible. And your system could be, you know, swapping it from one cloud provider to the other one at certain you times. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're saying, you know, yeah. we get so that people can actually focus on their job, which is delivering, you know, their USB instead of mucking around in you know deploying infrastructure because infrastructure is you know something that you see. it's a given yeah. it's it, it uh, infra infrastructure i mean years ago we spoke about infrastructure as a service um platform as a service and all these type of things today i i think it's 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 a given it's don't that's not even a value today you bring to people because infrastructure needs to be they assume it's there right um and, and this is what's going to be confirmed with everything else. People are just going to assume it works, right? You mentioned earlier in the call, like, why can't we just make things that always work, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, and actually, a funny, funny answer I usually give to people, if everything would work, I would not have a job, right? Okay. No, I, I always joke about that when people yeah. give me that comment, right? Because that's yeah. true. Um, that if everything would work, then, then yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, take a look at, at at the tablet, like whether it's a, a Android tablet or an iPad or everything. It it it's it's it made IT accessible to a lot of people, right? Um, I see kids swapping on an iPad like I would have dreamed of um, when I was that. Well, no, me, I'm not a good example, but many kids, because um, like, <laughs> I I I we me and you were on computers when pretty much born. But um, but a lot of people like I see kids, five year old kids swapping on a tablet like it's it's something super easy, right? Um, and I think this is what IT became. Um, again, I I think people don't they stop thinking about how things work, right? Because it, they just assume it works, right? Um, and and I think yeah. And again, there is another problem in IT. Um, people are, because there is a lack of professionals, right? A lot in the IT world. Um, good people leave all the time, right? So knowledge is swapping around very quickly. So companies needed to look for something that abstracts them from the complexity, from all those different vendors, tools that they have. Um, what they also started doing, instead of having five different vendors, they said, okay, let's take all from the same vendor. That's this is also a strategy that people choose. We don't have always have that choice, right? Um, so in order to make that transition, when somebody new comes in, in, in like... Um, 
in, instead of having them to learn all these different tools, have them learn, for example, um, 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 one or set of tools that can access many other tools, right? Many other products. Um, and this is where we're going towards to. Oh. Well, you know, I have a question. Uh, if I, well, a question that you've heard before, right? If I come to you and say, hey, put me in the cloud, right? And you're going to. I think you may immediately say, okay, well, uh, we, you know, we can place you in uh, <laughs> in Azure or Amazon or Google. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, but it seems like just the big players are offering the cloud or managing the cloud. Is that the case, or uh, or where is where does it move from a small player or even on premise into what makes you know what makes the cloud? Uh, yeah. The because I know you touched on, you know, you're going to go to one one place shop, right? Like you get multiple things from one provider, which is easier for you, less headache. But is there like a monopoly for these companies on the cloud? Well, that, that's, that's something I need to be careful about saying. But um, <laughs> no, yes, to answer your question, there's many clouds, right? So um, we, at least in the company I was at before, and now we, we refer these two types of clouds right where's one we call the hyperscalers right these are the mega the mega giants like aws and azure and google we call them hyperscalers and then now the little the more the little clouds uh, like the local clouds or or the less known clouds like uh, oh yeah um, around, okay right? i'm not familiar with this that's why okay so it's good that they ask yeah. the question okay yeah yeah it's very actually it's an excellent question um and it comes down to a few things i think is again um, Azure AWS is by far the, the, the most used one, right? I think AWS probably the most. Um, it's by far a good one because they got such a large breadth of tools that makes it easier for you to get to the cloud, right? Um, and again, you choose a set of tools and you stick with it and you say, okay, I'm comfortable with AWS now. I'm going to stay with AWS. I'm comfortable with Azure, etc. But as I said earlier, very often I get to a customer said, why do I need that multi-cloud? I chose for AWS. And so I, I always say, you don't choose for multi-cloud. Multi-cloud chooses you, right? Um, because, and again, that being said, um, that's because, as I said earlier, maybe it's an acquisition or maybe it's a... Can you quickly maybe explain what multi-cloud is and why it chooses people? Because I think we, we never, like for me, I don't know what multi-cloud is. Am I imagining an, an application de uh, deployed over multiple things like AWS and Azure at the same time, and there it's the same instance running over multiple cloud providers? Possibly. Or? Some some people choose that um, that methodology because they want they say, well, if AWS tomorrow crashes, um, at least I got a, a failover in Azure, for example. That that's well, I heard that sometimes. Um, before AWS to completely crash, that 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 must be um yeah, I think quite unlikely. Um. But anyway, so um, to, first of all, to answer Matt's questions, yeah, people do choose for local clouds, and it comes down to what you prefer. Very often people choose for local cloud because they need their data locally, or maybe they, they want a more personal engagement with whoever they work with. Um, there's many reasons, right? So um, people choose both, right? Again, most people choose for hyperscalers, but, uh, but people choose both. And again, it's very often down to personal taste and where you want your data, what type of support you want. Um, if you want, um, again, a hyperscale is going to offer you very often out-of-the-box solutions, right? But if you want very specific solutions. Um, and, and then again, um, before I continue to, to, to Errol's questions, a lot of customers, even though a lot of clouds, let's say local clouds, 
you don't have to forget that AWS is also an infrastructure, right? So even though they call it their own their, their company, they may use AWS as their backend infrastructure. Mm-hmm, that may be mm-hmm. transparent to you, right? Or at least um, offloading data storage or at least something Exactly. Like so again, it's it's complex. Um, and again, Errol's question was around multi-cloud, right? Um, so when I say multi-cloud chooses you, um, and I think I mentioned that earlier, is, is very often when you start with a certain cloud, and again, you work in a company, um, you may be acquiring a new company or another product, or, or, or maybe there's somebody coming into your company, for some reason he just prefers one cloud to the other, and then you now you face with the fact that you need to manage multiple clouds. So again, acquisitions is, um, 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 merger and acquisition is something very common today. IT companies get absorbed all the time. That's something super common, right? Um, a company starts in Silicon Valley, um, they become successful, they go IPO, and then some other company call, uh, buys them, and then that company that gets bought, they, they maybe have chosen another cloud than the company that bought them. So again, that company, the, 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 the company that does the merge um, now has multiple clouds to manage. And this is what I'm saying, multi-cloud chooses you because it's not a choice, it's something you just mm-hmm. have to face, right? Um, and very often we get the question, and again, um, and there is also, and you said, yeah, uh, application do need to be deployed on multiple clouds, right? Um, they are very, uh, you can because there is no reason, and this is also, my, this is where, let's get into a bit about my specialty now here at HashiCorp. Um, let's say you do have applications deployed a bit everywhere. You may have a front end running in AWS. Um, you may have your database still running on premise. And you may have some, let's say, caching service running on Google. I'm just saying something for mm-hmm. historic reasons. Now, how do I make sure that I can easily connect from one to the other? And again, how do I make sure that if I tomorrow decide to move my SQL database from on premise to cloud, that my, I don't have to refactor my whole application, right? Um, how do I make sure that also that the services, that one microservice, or one service, one application, talk to the other in a secure way? Um, and, and again, and it's, it, it, I'm just showing the complexity. And, one, and when I move my application from one place to the other, there may be some networking things I need to change. Maybe the firewall with load balancers, um, a lot of things that need to change. So, and that's what console does, that it abstracts that layer. Um, so one of the, the main use case of console is what we call service discovery. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so it adds a layer. So every time I launch a new service, I'm going to register it with console, right? Now I'm a developer, and I need to know I need to know where Matt puts his developed his um, um, web shop um, microservice. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say console, uh, please connect me to web shop. That's it, mm-hmm. and console is going to do the rest. And, yeah. and I can have multiple instances of that same web shop running everywhere. Um, Console is smart enough to say, okay, that one is too busy. I'm going to send it to the other one. And that's completely transparent. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, it's not yeah. just like a phone book. It also does like logic, like, oh, okay, there's, yeah, there's a load a, balance. Exa- yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, even more than that, um, uh, th- this is a service of discovery piece. It also does the firewalling piece, right? So now you abstract the firewall. I can also say application A can only talk to application B, right? But application A is not allowed to call to application C. This is like saying... VMA cannot speak to VMA. This is like firewall calls, blocking them. But now instead of saying IPX can not talk to mm-hmm. IPY, uh, I now say I talk about services. So I don't care anymore where that service runs. I just say that service cannot talk to that service or that service allowed to talk to that service. So I completely abstracted away the networking layer now, 
right? Is this um, unique? Like the the tool you're describing now, like this console, is it unique or is it something that HashiCorp also does and other people are also in the same field? So I think HashiCorp does it extremely well. And this is one of the yeah. reasons I joined them, right? Um, because there is other, there, there is competition out there. Like Google has developed something called Istio, which you may be familiar with. No, absolutely not. This is I'm I know okay. nothing about this field. Yeah. So there's a there's few service meshes, and then there is and, and and there is a lot of confusion between API gateway and service meshes. But let's not go into that. Um, so yes, there is competition out there. Um, again, for example, Istio, though they 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 getting there, is concentrates themselves on Kubernetes, on container workloads, and is developed by Google. Though it's it's getting quite well adopted. Um, but now you, you also need to orchestrate services between VMs, legacy VM virtual machines, like a Windows machine and a normal container. So there's a lot of complexity, in, in, and, and it, it needs to be able to get multiple clouds very easily. Um, and that's something that a lot of the competition doesn't do as well as console does. Console just makes it super easy. I got a demo that I give sometimes to people. Within, uh, uh, our, I, I, I described Terraform before, which is infrastructure as code. Um, I deploy a console data center within less than 20 minutes, and I show them how to connect the service in AWS with the service on my laptop here within less than five minutes after that, right? Um, so it just shows you how easy we made that whole move to cloud. So now when we talk about the cloud transformation, I said, okay, we moved it from that monolithic application, but we need to do it gradually. So I can say, okay, I've got that big application that has a database, a front end, et cetera. Let's start moving the, just the front end to cloud. Um, very often that means I need to change codes, connection strings, and things like that. But imagine that you have that console in the middle that just abstracts that away, uh, where I can just move it to cloud and don't care about where my SQL is at that moment, right? Um, so it just makes that whole moving way easier. Now I can start taking my application apart and moving bits and pieces in a very easy way, right? Yeah. That actually, um, that sounds fantastic. Um, I have no other word for that. It's, it's a field that's not very... You know, I don't know much about infrastructure or, or cloud, um, uh, aside from, you know, uh, my uh, SAP uh, cloud experience a little bit, um, <laughs> which is absolutely nothing compared uh, to what you're doing. I do want to say one thing. Okay. Um, before we sort of start to wrap up, because uh, we, we've been going at it for uh, 45 minutes now. So if, we, if we're not careful, we're going to have to cut off uh, very brief, you know, briefly at the end. Um, abstraction always comes at a cost. It, you know, what I mean by this is, um, for example, I currently develop uh, mobile applications in uh, uh, Xamarin Forms. Um, you might have heard of it. It's a cross-platform uh, library by Microsoft. It allows you to take the common denominator between iOS and Android. Is, is how I talk about it. And this is something you see in abstraction often, like. If uh, platform A offers option ABC, platform B offers option BCD, the abstraction is mostly limited to options B and C because it cannot offer you option A from the one and option D from the other one. Um, do you do you have like am I? I, I have a perfect. I, I, no, actually, and that's something again that HashiCorp does really well, right? We got. Let's say console Terraform, Terraform works with modules, right? So I have AWS models. So if I want to deploy infrastructure connected to AWS, that being said, you said, yeah, out of the box, there may be certain abstractions that are out of the box. But at the same time, 
um, Azure Code makes it really easy to add any other abstraction to it. That's the strong point behind it. Again, everything is a workflow. So if there is an abstraction that's not there yet, there is SDKs, APIs, integration points that make it easy to just create that abstraction and then forget about it, right? Um, so if it's not there, it can be added. And again, you need, don't need to forget um, um, Terraform also comes from the open source uh, as a big open source component. Um, so that what that means is that the community, when there is a, a, an abstraction, a problem that, that exists, the community will come up with a solution, right? When I talk about community, um, much almost you know open source, but with open source, you develop code, and I'm just really make it easy at high level. You, you, you push it to the, to the big, to, 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 to the community, whether it's via GitHub or other tools out there, right? And then you've got a lot of people collaborating, and you basically share your code with millions of people, right? Um, and Terraform is very similar, right? It, 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 the, the, there is the open source version of Terraform. We got the enterprise version and the open source version. So if there is a component that is missing or something that is missing, we may develop it ourselves because obviously HashiCorp is their engineers, but very often the community will come up with a solution uh, faster than you have um, very often, right? And we then take it and productize it. But mm -hmm. So to, to answer your question, yes, that's true. Out of the box, there may be certain abstractions, but these um, HashiCorp's are just tries to not care too much about the, the well, no, let me rephrase, that's not true. Um, tries to abstract as much as possible, make it easy for any other abstraction to be added to it, if that makes sense. I think the, um, the, the, I think the, the, the key word here is a kind of, um, that's a bit different from um, the software development world when we talk about abstraction. And with your side, I think would be, um, for you, there would be more like protocols or connectors that you have. Um, and more like a less than an abstraction in a sense. Um, yeah, no, that's not completely true. So that's your question. What we try to do that you raise a really good point. We try, so as a developer, right, we try to bring the infrastructure closer to the developer, right? Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is because when you want to test an application, you maybe need to ask your infrastructure guy, can you get me a VM because I need to test that app? Maybe the infrastructure guy needs to ask the firewall team, hey, firewall team, open mm -hmm. me a pool because my application now needs to talk to the SQL server. Um, now the, the firewall team maybe needs to talk to the networking team again because there are certain paths that are not there. Again, it's it's just, uh, this is, we live in IT in the ITIL world where everything is a ticket, everything is a, is a ticket, and just to get an application up and running can take weeks, right? Um, and by doing infra everything as code, right? Infrastructure code, networking as code, everything as code. Um, and this is something we have, very, we're very good at here at HashiCorp is you, you can, I can set a certain set of policies around my infrastructure as code. And now I can say, no, you developer, you need an application to deploy to be tested. Here is a Terraform code, just go and use it, right? Or now with console, here is an address, just talk to the address to figure out where my MySQL is, right? Um, or if you want to do that in code, you can just do DNS queries. We also support that, right? Um, then you want to deploy a new application. You can actually integrate. Um, you can take a Terraform code. You can read it as code. We can we support YAML and we got our own code. So you can read infrastructure like it would be your own code. So now we can allow you to deploy applications. And the infrastructure people can put policies around to make sure you don't mess up anything or they can isolate you from everything else. And now you, we're giving you as a developer way more independent to go and test things and develop things mm -hmm. on your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's really, <laughs> it, it, it's the exact, um, 
it's the prime example of that digital transformation because you simply move those tickets that you have to create for this department to do this and the other department to do that. You just made them code, and it's simply it, it could that execute like you know uh, behind the scene, and it will simply achieve the same stuff. Yeah, good stuff. That, that, good stuff. And that's what we do. That that's that's exactly what. And everything is a workflow. We 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 like to think things as workflows. Um, so. You, you you need to, you got the infrastructure then you got the security we also very good at security with a product called false um so for example you need to connect to aws you use a token right um imagine you put that security token you push it to a github repo right mm -hmm. imagine the issue with that right um well the issue is not only you many many companies has been have been have been the the the, the victims of that because now somebody can talk and start doing data mining on your account right um so that being said there's other there's certificates when application needs to talk to the other via certificates right how do you manage all that so th this is also something that we need to abstract away from developers because developers don't necessarily know security very well right um so and this is what I'm saying at Hashiko, we got products that allows you to take the infrastructure security networking file security closer to the developer, do, have the infrastructure guy do their job, or while completely uh, be abstracted away from, from the developer. It doesn't mean there's no connection, it just makes it everybody's life way easier. Yeah, Facebook at the way. You know, but it's like behind the nice and easy to use. Uh, say, hey, um, Yona, I just want to say, um, you know, we're talk we've been talking about infrastructure for, for 50 minutes now. Thank you very much for making it like an exciting topic because I think a lot of people overlook the fact how exciting infrastructure actually can be uh, when it comes to IT. And it's like oxygen, you know. Um, it, it needs to be there. You don't notice it's gone until it's gone. Uh, that's, uh, it's not only infrastructure, it's DevOps. We call it de today's called DevOps, really, right? Yeah, that's... It, that's it, it, that's the development operations. It's we need to take care because the, the developers, I think, are the core of of of. Well, they need to be able to do their job. We need to keep developers happy. Oh right? yeah, I think Thank that's you. actually Thank a you. very good way. Yeah. So what yeah, you're doing we, we, is you're actually enabling DevOps to happen smoother in companies, so that absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I should have started with that actually. Now that you say that, but um, yes, that's exactly what we do. We need to make sure that developers are happy. Because developers are the, the people that develop the stuff. And if they can't do their job well, that cripples the whole company. Very often, developers are put in their corner. Yeah, developers are going to develop stuff and I'll take it over, right? But I think developers are key. They, they, I think the most important piece of software, of, of any developer. Well, thank you right? very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to I say one thing. You know, it let, you know, I said this topic is excitement. Uh, is exciting. And I know for a fact that... Uh, you love excitement, right? Uh, you love jumping out of airplanes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out of perfectly working airplanes, by the way. Like, there's not like something wrong with that. Oh, engine. so you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, but, I stopped that. Yeah, I stopped oh, okay. that. Okay, so my question would be, you know, um, what makes you more uh, nervous? Having to jump out of an airplane or to push something into production? No, I'm not ready. I'm not scared anymore about production. And to be honest, I think what makes me more scared is is having my kids become nervous. Um, so again, <laughs> no. When my what to to having my make my kid angry just to have that that you know he's three years old. Oh he's, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> no, meetings, etc. That, that, that makes no. That being said, no. Um, that's a good point because when you take a look at DevOps. 
Um, I'm not scared anymore to put things in production because we got things like blue-green deployment, canary deployments and things like that. Um, when you talk about blue-green deployment, we can say, I'm going to push something in production, but only 10% of traffic I'm going to send to the new deployment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is also stuff we can automate, by the way, right? Um, or I can say, I'm going to have a certain set of users only test that, inf that new feature, right? Maybe, or I can, and this is like that blue-green deployment, right? So there's different ways of tackling, going to, and again, before you get to production, there is the production, there is a test environment, and today, thanks to infrastructure as code, we can mimic production really well, right? Because now you can take whatever code I use to deploy my infrastructure in production, I can take that code and deploy that infrastructure in the test environment, right? So what you're saying is, if you did all the things you need to do before you jump off the airplane, there is no need to be nervous. Yeah, because you got absolutely. your parachute, your HashiCorp parachute. If something goes, you know, they, you can depend on that. Uh, uh, look, Yona, we're gonna introduce a new new trend. Uh, we can do it with you. Um, yeah, can you Happy can you to. summarize the episode for us as a closing thing? As a, a closing comment, um, I think transformation doesn't need to be complex, right? Um, let's take that complexity away. Um, try to find tools that abstract away the complexity and helps you to do your job as, as to, to, to the best of your knowledge using the tools you know best. Um, and yeah, and, and, and just try to not making things over complex uh, by using the right tools, right? And, and also prepare for the future and multi-cloud and hybrid everything else. So prepare for the be prepared is, is, is my key word. Okay. Wow. Hey, uh, Med, do you have any closing statements? Uh, no, I just want to uh, thank uh, Yona because this was very educational, at least for me. Um, yeah, it covered, um, you know, the, 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 yeah, the, the cloud aspect in general uh, and what's, what's even beyond. So thank you for this informative uh, session. It's in a pleasure. Case, As you can see, I'm very passionate about the topic. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But Yona, should our listeners have any questions? Like, uh, is there any way? Is there anywhere they can reach you? So they can reach you on LinkedIn, Jonah Applebaum. Um, they can send me an email if they want Jonah at hashicorp.com, right? Um, yeah, or yeah, on Facebook. I'm not a very no, no. LinkedIn or, or, or direct email is is the best. LinkedIn or email. Okay, um, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at madmed.com. That's M A D M E D. M A D M E D.com for Master Med. My I name love is Errol Baikal. My name is Errol Baikal. You can find me on Baikal, B A Y K L.be. This was Lazy People for everybody at home or in the car, wherever you listen to us. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.